Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Women in Leadership podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hello, it's Anne-Marie. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership podcast. Now, my guest today says, if you are the smartest person that you know, go out and meet some new people. Joining me on today's show is Stephanie Boyd. Stephanie, she is a broker, a mortgage and loan expert who specializes in helping real estate agents gain an edge in this competitive marketplace. And she has both her real estate and mortgage broker licenses. She's also the CEO of her own corporation. She is a proud Air Force mum. She has three sons, two granddaughters and her adorable Pomeranian Lola. Now she is passionate about grassroots community outreach and enjoys working with her community to find solutions to help people who are experiencing homelessness in Sacramento. Now on today's show, Stephanie's going to share the importance of diversification, whether that means your investment portfolio or maybe your friend group. She's going to talk about why never giving up is not an option and time is money, but some of the best things in life really are free. So make sure you don't miss out on the important things because you're chasing that cash and so much more to the show. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me, Anne-Marie. It's a pleasure. You are so welcome. One of the things that I always love to do with guests is give them an opportunity to share an overview, a snapshot, if you will, of the career journey that led them down the path to where they are today. There's so many learnings and insights that we can gain from that. Share a little bit about some of the milestones that led you down the path to where you are today, Stephanie. All right. Well, I always like to start out with the fact that I was a teenage mom, um, I had my oldest son when I was 16, and in fact, I used to go around to my teenage, uh, my high school for pregnant moms and give kind of inspirational speeches after I graduated. So I always like to tell the young ladies out there that, you know, if you find yourself in that position, it's not the end of the world. And um, so what I did from there was I graduated high school two years early and went and started taking classes at the community college in my area. studied criminal justice and I ended up working as a criminal investigator with the public defender's office doing defense investigations for about five years. Um, that was a little bit hard on my soul. You know, there's a lot of rough, sad situations out there in the criminal defense world. So, um, I got my real estate license and joined my family's real estate company in 2000 and had some ups and downs with that over the past 22 years, to say the least. And um, last year, I ended up deciding to get my broker's license. So I took the broker's test and um, started up my own real estate corporation. And most recently, I actually got my uh, insurance license. So now I'll be able to offer 
insurance that can protect my clients mortgages if they get hurt or seriously ill so kind of rounds it out pretty nicely there yeah fantastic when you look back to even the most earliest of experiences and maybe through the different roles that you've had had you participate and contribute to various projects do you find that where you are at now, there are skills, strengths, if you will, that have continued to be shaped and leveraged that had you not had that initial experience, you may never have been able to develop that skill, if that makes sense, that it, it has given you a better all-round understanding and approach to what you're doing today. When you look back on some of those previous experiences. Oh, absolutely, Anne-Marie, definitely. Um the early experience of being a criminal investigator really opened my eyes to a lot of things in terms of just being able to build rapport with strangers, which has helped my sales career throughout its lifetime. Um, you know, getting over that initial fear of going up to somebody's door that doesn't know you, does isn't expecting you, probably doesn't want to talk to you and getting them to let you in and, you know, trust you regardless of the circumstances. Mm. So, um, yeah. And it also really gave me an early understanding that really all people from all walks of life have value and, um, you know, a skill set, and they're all worthy of some, uh, attention. Mm. I love also too that uh, you shared right at the beginning that you were a single mom and a, a mom at a very young age. Isn't it interesting how so often we can find ourselves in that situation or other situations and we almost preempt how our future is going to be? Was it that you always had uh, an approach in your heart that, okay, this has happened. I'm going to find a way through. There's always answers to, to various challenges and situations that we're in. What was it for you? Because so many of us, we look at a situation that we're in, a challenge, uh, and we almost write ourselves off, but there's always a way through. There's always answers to every single problem. What was it for you? Were you always someone who was quite determined? I think stubborn is a word that has been used to describe me on more than one occasion. <clears throat> Determined is also a nicer way to put it. Um, but yeah, I think a friend of mine recently asked me uh, an interesting question. He said, how do you eat a whale? Mm. And I said, well, I guess one bite at a time, right? And he said, yeah, with tartar sauce. And he said, you're my tartar sauce. And this is as I was bringing, he runs a nonprofit working with um, our unhoused neighbors. And so I was bringing him a donation. And he said, you're, you and everybody else that comes in and brings donations, you're my tartar sauce. So kind of put this idea in my head that like kind of everything about life is like that. What <clears throat> ever seems to be overwhelming, whether it's, you know, a big day, a scary week, you know, whatever, if you can take it in bite-sized chunks and just break it down into, you know, digestible, dip it in some tartar sauce um, and just keep chugging away at it day after day after day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think there's some resilience in there. Just, you know, plus I think a lot of it is I was able to find strong mentors along the way. So whether I was, you know, 16 in this school for 
single pregnant teenage moms. Um, I remember one of the older girls in there, you know, she was 18 or something. And I really looked up to her and thought she really had it together. And, you know, as I just, just look at somebody that you think is doing a little bit better than you and, you know, get that little bit of inspiration from them. Yes. So, you mentioned, Stephanie, that you had mentors throughout your career. And this is something that uh, a conversation, if you will, that I've had with many women who've come on this particular podcast. And even in some of the conversation in, in the groups that I uh, network with, they said the importance of having mentors. And I know in a moment you're going to talk about diversification being so important, even in, in friend groups. What about if, if, you didn't have someone that uh, naturally was in part of your circle that then was able to become a mentor. Have you gone out and sought people? And if so, how have you done that? And then going out and asking them, because that can often be a little bit scary for other women to find someone, but let alone then approach them to say, I, I would love to be mentored by you. Definitely. And I just had a really good experience with um, getting a new mentor. Even though I'm a grandma, I still need a new mentor um, because I'm learning a new skill in the insurance industry. So um, what I did actually was signed up on, um, what is it? Eventbrite. Eventbrite's the one where it there's all kinds of meetings and you can choose what category you're interested in. So in my area, there are a number of networking events and they're, you know, a lot of times from, you know, after work from five to nine o'clock and they shut down a nightclub or some kind of fancy upscale restaurant in the area. And um, one of the insurance agents in my area throws two or three of these a month and several hundred people show up. So then there's smaller ones, you know, where there may just be 20 people at a taco stand. Um, I've got an investor group that I meet with um, every month and there's about 80 or 100 folks that show up at a sports bar in my area. So these are the kinds of places where people are actively seeking to recruit people to mentor um, or a lot of times they're just experts in the field that are there to make themselves available for questions and you know, um, so I've actually been recruited by a number of insurance companies at these networking functions. So I've had an opportunity to shop around with five or six different companies to see, you know, whose values aligned with mine, whose culture aligned with mine. Some of them were a bit pushy for me. Some of them were more educational than others. Um, one of the insurance companies, I asked him, how long does it typically take people to start making money? And she said, about two years. And I said, well, that is, I don't have two years to wait. So I'm going to move on to someone who's got a better answer. So I kind of interviewed um, mm -hmm. in that setting. I was able to interview a number of different mentors and kind of select somebody that was just my type of person. And so I'm actually working with um, a new mentor who is just inspirational. She, uh, everyone else has a 20% close record. She has like an 89% close. And so I've been able to follow her around and just watch how she does this because it's a whole new thing, even though I'll be able to offer it next to mortgage services and, you know, hopefully get some real estate buyers out there who I can refer to my real estate partners. Um, but yeah, it's a whole new craft. Um, I've never 
you know, I've gone door to door with realtors doing, you know, listing announcements and this and that. Um, but this is kind of a whole new animal of going business to business. And it's a really interesting opportunity to grow all my businesses. And so um, it's been a bit humbling to just watch this young lady work. And she's about 12 or 13 years younger than me and just so successful and just good at her craft. And so I would highly recommend um, searching out networking events. And then it's just really a matter of take a deep breath and go in there with your smilingest face on and just start making friends with people. And those people are all approachable because everyone's there with a name tag on saying, hey, come talk to me. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. That's uh, not something that I've heard before, but I can see how valuable it is. But it's also great hearing you say that it is an interview process, if you will. Not every mentor and mentee is a good relationship, but from a mentee perspective is knowing what kind of skills that you're looking for and abilities and approach in a person and continuing to look for that right person because there's nothing better to, to observe someone in action to teach Definitely. you. I mean, there's only so much that you can learn in book smarts, but it's once you sh you see someone who's doing something so exceptionally well that you can learn uh, from that. And if we can fast track our learning, why not? Why not? That's why I love I find someone um, who I really love their approach and they have a podcast, which is even you know, wonderful. I binge listens to all of their shows, you know, so even in the conversations that they have, we can learn so much from uh, who they are. Let's talk a little bit about the diversification, even in, in an aspect of investment portfolio. The, the reason I say that is one of the conversations that I've had with many women, even some of the CEOs of networking groups and so forth, they say when it comes to things like investment portfolios, wealth, money, all of that, particularly with women, there are so many women, sadly, unfortunately, that still kind of go, oh, that area, it's too confusing for me. So sh let's talk a little bit about the investment portfolio first. Let's educate uh, some women because it's one of those things, what you know more, you can make better decisions or at least go to the women who are doing what we want to do and find out more about and learn from them. And then we'll talk about the diversification of friend groups and why that's so important. So investment yeah. portfolios, what do we need to know about them? Well, I think the good news is today, everything is at our fingertips and it's online. So it's really made easier. Um, you know, you can put a little nest egg in one of these Robin Hood type of apps and just kind of dabble or, you know, some of my real estate friends are day trading in the daytime. Um, there's Bitcoin and Dogecoin out there. A lot of my real estate partners take a portion of their commission and put it towards cryptocurrency every time. Um, you know, the real estate market has been much more volatile these past couple of years than it typically is. It's usually one of the more stable investments. Um, and, you know, it's still stable in that everybody needs a place to live. But, you know, these um, prices and the investors, it, the um, the in investors market's getting a bit tougher. The In California, for sure, the regulations are tightening up. Um, there are about to be serious tax ramifications for flippers in California if the new laws pass. Um, so, 
yeah, I think definitely the, the thing to do is just kind of look at your budget and see where you can start dabbling because some of these new fangled apps the kids these days are making allow you to take, you know, a very small amount of money where you don't need $100,000 to invest and buy stocks or something. You can take your extra 50 bucks at the end of your paycheck and dabble a little bit and educate yourself out there because there are so many opportunities. And that's where it's really important, as you say, uh, to do as much research and learning as we can. And thankfully, we're not limited to, I think probably we're at a stage, Stephanie, where there is so much information and we need to be discerning as to, okay, well, which information and whom should we follow to uh, to really know uh, the advice that they kind of uh, share. I think that's really where uh, networking and going to people that you have built, you know, that know, like, and trust and ask them, who do you know? I mean, why not leverage, you know, those uh, our networking groups to find the people who we should be following? I love that. Diversification, I think, is so very important. Not that we need to go in big, but at least have, you know, the eggs distributed because, as you've said, even here in Australia, there are so – I think we can be very certain – in that there is a lot of uncertainty there. And so often in those instances is not to make big, 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 big decisions, but rather just see where it's playing out. What are the others doing? What are some of the things that I might need to educate myself on? Um, Definitely. And one thing I've been learning over the past few months, as I get into this insurance thing, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of insurance policies work like savings accounts. And so um, that's another good way to, invest in your future and your portfolio, put a little bit into some insurance that has a return of premium benefit. And, um, you know, you're insuring yourself if you get hurt or sick, as well as if you don't, thankfully, at the end of, you know, the time period, you get your money back. So there's a lot of interesting ways to protect yourself and put something aside. Yeah. And I think it's so important and get curious ask questions, go and find out from people who are doing that. And just by asking the questions and learning more, I think knowledge um, can then give us what we need to to be able to then make the right decisions. Let's then shift over to diversification of friend groups. Uh, Obviously, this has been something that's really important to you. Share some insights, some of the things that you've learned uh, that we may then take that approach and say, okay, do I need to diversify my friend group? Well, I think that for one thing, lifelong friendships are amazing and fantastic. And some of the people that you went to high school with, you are going to outgrow along the way. So I think that a lot of times we get caught up in a habit of staying with our friend group just because they've been our friend group since high school or sometimes longer, you know, kindergarten, um, some small town friends that, you know, have been there forever and ever. Um, And, you know, maybe you outgrow some of their characteristics over time. Um, Definitely along the way of my life as a teenage mom, I came in and out of some friend groups that were more and less positive than others, you know. So um, I think it's always a good idea to take a look around. And if you are the smartest, most successful one in your friend group, then it might be time to go get some smarter, more successful friends because you want people that are going to 
inspire you to grow, to teach you about, you know, how to manage your investment portfolio. Maybe they're going to give you the name of their financial advisor. And um, then, you know, you just, I think, need to always be open to the possibility of expansion and um, growth in all areas. Yeah. So important. Uh, I love this next point that you want to share a little bit more into, and you've kind of hinted to this as your, your approach. Uh, I have a, a saying, a personal motto that, okay, this situation has got the ability to either make me or break me. Breaking me is never an option. So what do I need to do to move forward? And so for you, say never giving up, never giving up. Uh, share a little bit more about why this is so important for you. For one thing, I think of my youngest son who joined the Air Force six years ago, and he gives me so much inspiration because that is hard. He was in San Antonio for seven weeks during the summer doing physical activities, and um, he didn't give up, and he found something that was able to motivate him to get him through that all those challenges of the past almost six years he's been through. And so I think um, we can take a lot of encouragement in the idea that a lot of people do things that are much, much harder than what we're being asked to do um, just on a daily basis. You know, if I think of people in different circumstances and even in my own community, you know, some of my unhoused neighbors have struggles that, I can't even imagine having, um, you know, they don't have bathroom facilities. They don't have a sink to wash their hands in. Yeah. It's just that idea that no matter how low things get or how hard it seems or how impossible it seems, um, every day is a new opportunity and you just got to get up and dust yourself off and try again until something sticks until you get, you know, maybe you just haven't met that right mentor yet. Um, but they're definitely out there. And so I know that in my personal life, I'm not going to find any of the things that I need if I just sit there and wallow in the enormity of the situation, you know? So it's just going out and, um, just trying again. If something doesn't work, try again, try harder. Um, I went through some training recently and one of the things I took away from it was the idea that if you just get 1% better at something every day and you keep trying over time, that 1% adds up. And next thing you know, you're, you know, in the 89% of sales. Mm. So I have a lot of songs that go through my head that encourage me. I love having a soundtrack to my day of, um, you know, encouraging songs. So I would always um, definitely encourage, get yourself a good theme song to just um, help you build that mantra up um, as you need to motivate yourself to get up and try again. Yeah. And this is where it goes back to what we were saying earlier around your friend group. And you can have the certain friend groups that can be empathetic to to you, but then there's the friend group that then there's the friends that are empathetic, but then also say, okay, what next? What can you do? Rather than sometimes you can have friends that can continue to validate where you're at, but not kind of hold, you know, hold and push you through, if that makes sense. You don't want to be in the friend groups that's going to add 
to that. Um, you know, I used to have a, a friend years ago that used to ring me up and she'd share certain things and I'd say, well, okay, that's great. Where, where do you want to go with this? Because she said, I could give you some, you know, I can be the back, the, the, the bounce board of, of a, you know, wave forward or is it that you just wanted to, to release and have a bit of a whinge? Because we all have that. But now are we ready? Can we switch? Can we do some problem solving on how we move forward in that? And you know, often she go, yep, okay, let's do that. Or hang on, no, I'm still a little bit raw. I'll uh, connect with you again in the next couple of days. But it's important, isn't it, our attitude, our attitude, because no matter how bad things get, there is always a, a, an approach. There's always an answer. And sometimes the answer is a closed door. But I tell you what, there is always a better door or even a window, you know, that's saying that uh, is, is there. We just need to be willing to look for that. Definitely. A lot of people have been telling me recently that your attitude determines your altitude. And at first it sounded a little bit cheesy and I resisted it. But as more people are saying it to me, I'm thinking, you know, that is actually very true. And that's, you know, if you're around people that don't have a good attitude, it's hard for you to have a good attitude also. So I think it's just a good thing to keep in check all the time. And, you know, that stubbornness that you're talking about, you use the word stubborn, some, you know, you can rephrase that as, you know, kind of tenacious. And, and often, um, I don't know about you, I, I was never born with that gene of, you know, when people say, no, you can't do that. And if it's, if it's not illegal, obviously, I'm not talking about illegal things that's going to harm other people and anything like that. But if it's not, it's like, really? Why can't I do that? And it also almost gives me the impetus to go, actually, I can, and I'm going to. <laughs> and so Definitely. I mean, sometimes you've just got to look at, you know, who are the people that are speaking into your lives and don't just take things at face value for what you're being told. Oh, no, that's impossible. You know, there used to be industries that I was part of. This was years ago in the career industry that would say to me, oh, no, Anne-Marie, you can't do uh, phone coaching because back then many of the tools we use now, I'm showing my age now, weren't, weren't around. You only do face-to-face -face and it was like rubbish. Face-to-face, -face, we've had how many people used to write letters to one another, you know, the, e the not the email pals but the pen pals and so forth and just certain technologies, oh, we can't use that in our industry. Now imagine if we had have listened to those people that had limited view or understanding or vision, um, where would we be? So break uh, them off, challenge the status quo. Yes, we wouldn't have any Zoom or YouTube if we listened to those folks. And yeah, yeah. so the future is really limitless. And um, I'm a firm believer that you can make it into whatever you dream yeah. up. Yeah, it really is, I, I think. Anything is possible. What's really going to determine, uh, determine whether or not it's possible for you is the attitude that you have. It may take longer than other people, but I tell you what, it is if I look back to all of the failures and I have, I think we should do a whole show on, let's celebrate our failures because it's been through the failures that I have stared in the face and it's like, you're not getting me down that have been where I have, it's shaped my character. It's shaped my stubbornness, my tenacity to say, you know what, I'm not listening to you because what you're saying is just absolute rubbish. This is what I know to be true and this is the way that I'm going to move forward. It's taken me a lot longer, but in that time frame, I've learned so much more that has become the foundations that I now stand upon, you know, and that accelerates you further because you're not going to continue to get stuck each time 
a challenge uh, faces you. And similarly, I'm sure in your instance, as you're learning and growing and expanding and diversifying your skills and in the industries that you're in, you're going to come up against certain challenges and so forth. But rather at seeing them as a barrier, you actually look, oh, here we go. I recognize this, but you're going to be able to move through them so much quicker. Would you say that's true for you too? Absolutely. I think as you go along the way of these things, you find out different ways to avoid taking things personally. So I know for quite a while, that was a fear was getting the door shut in my face. And, uh, you know, as I door knocked in criminal investigations and had to serve subpoenas, I got over that fear. And um, so, yeah, every no Another little catchphrase I learned recently, every no is a new opportunity. And so, you know, it's just figuring out how to not take that no personally. Like maybe somebody's rude. Maybe they, you know, maybe it's just not a good time. So you just move on, find out right away. It's not a good time for us to work together and on to the next new opportunity. And um, yeah, I... Yeah, so true. You know, I I learned something years ago and it really has been something that I've reminded myself of constantly and that is that our beliefs, and I'm not talking about um, beliefs such as, you know, faith beliefs and so forth, but just little beliefs um, around money, around success, whatever that may be. But whatever beliefs we have, we can have solid beliefs and we can have unhelpful beliefs, but whatever belief we hold to be true, we will go out and seek the evidence to prove our belief is true. And what I mean by that is if we believe that people are going to always consistently close the door uh, or we're never going to be able to speak in public or we're never going to be able to achieve our goals, guess what? We will continue to seek the evidence to prove that belief is true. And by doing so, we're switching ourselves off by seeing the little learnings, the little steps, the little wins, even small, celebrate them all because it's taking those little steps forward to finally going, you know what? I'm not so uncomfortable speaking in in front of a a group of people or, okay, I've had three no's. However, you know, as you said, you don't take them personally because you don't know what's going on in someone's life. And you never know, that person may circle back and say, you know what, Stephanie, I wasn't ready then, but thank you for leaving your card. I'm ready now. Can we speak? So we really need to be checking in. What are we telling ourselves and is it helping me move forward or is it keeping me stuck and and, um, solidifying a belief that I really want to break free from because it's not helping me? Definitely. Positive self-talk is really important. And if you can really realistically and honestly listen to what you're saying to yourself, um, you'll know if you need to develop some new habits in that area. Um, I know I definitely have along the years had to make some corrections in my self-talk. Yeah, I think we all do. And it's something that we need to do relative, um, relatively every day, take every every thought captive uh, to make sure that it's um, empowering. Now, we've kind of touched on this and, you know, well, the, the time is money, but some of the best things in life are so free. Uh, you know, that whole hustle mentality is probably something that I've really never um, really gotten into. One of the reasons is I'm an introvert. And one of the things that I was often told is you've got to go to all these networking events and rah, rah, rah. Uh, and for me as an introvert, if I went 
to too many networking events that would wear me thin. So I've recognised that there there needs to be a balance for me. And so talk a little bit about how this has been so important for you is to recognise what's some of the other important things in our life because we could be missing some of the adventures and exciting opportunities that are very much just whatever it might be, going to the beach, going to the bush, whatever it is. What, how has that played out for you in your life and career? Oh, definitely. Well, I know that um, some of my best moments this past week have just been out on my morning walk, meeting my neighbors and just have taking advantage of that kind of magical hour when the sun's just coming up and seeing all of the other people that are out walking their dogs and just like experiencing the newness and the beauty of a new day. And plus really getting a chance to connect with these people that I don't get to see all the time. They're, you know, elderly ladies who were so happy to see my little Pomeranian and, um, it was just really a keen reminder of that idea that you can impact somebody's life and you're not even realizing it, you know, like, I don't know what these other folks are about in their day, but I know that there are lonely people that might not get out and see somebody else. So maybe seeing a cute little dog is the highlight of their day. Um, And, you know, every time I, I think when I was a young mom, um, I was definitely like a lot of young parents frazzled, you know, for time and money and all the things I needed to learn how to do to be a grown up and have a job and a house payment, all these things, you know, I definitely, my kids were in daycare a lot. Um, I didn't really have the luxury of just savoring a lot of those moments. And so now as I get to watch my adorable little granddaughters grow up, I definitely appreciate the value of just taking the time to, you know, read a book with a little kid and hear their perspective on things. Um, So I think a lot of times we do get caught up in the hustle of being a hustler and, um, I mean, I'm not saying that there's, it's when I think it overshadows everything else, you know, rather than how many KPIs have I made today, it's, how many people have I impacted? How many t- how many people have I taped, slowed down and had a conversation with? Because I think especially for the time and situation that we are in now, slowing down and having a conversation, and I mean a real conversation, not one of those ones where you just know that half of you might be here but you're, you're, you're also here, but that could be the difference between someone, you know, giving someone the, the time and, and, and exchange, if you will, that could be the difference in their life. And I think at the end of, you know, everything else that we've ever done, it's how many people have we impacted? How many, not that we may never, never know, but imagine, you know, being able to, to, to have almost like a testimony from everyone that you've met over the life and them saying to you, you know, it's the moment where you took five minutes out of your day to spend with me. When you gave me that compliment, you know, when you reached out, that was a moment that was the lowest in my life and you don't know it, but that was what really, you know, your attitude, your salsa, you know, or that, what, what was it that your, your, uh, your colleagues oh, your said? Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Imagine yeah. being the tartar sauce in someone's life and saying it was because you took the time to share that you were the tartar sauce in my life that completely changed the trajectory of uh, 
where I was going. Um, that I think would mm-hmm. be the best, wouldn't it? If we can do yep. that. Yeah. I think that's really the point. Just kind of try to leave that trail behind you, find those opportunities and make sure that you're not too busy to take advantage of them when they present themselves. Absolutely. Stephanie, how can people find out more about uh, what you do uh, if they wanted to connect with you? What's the best way for them to do that? Oh, I'm on the internet. I've got a website. It's stephanieboyd.com. And that is spelled just like Gwen Stefani. But also, side note, Lady Gaga is also named Stephanie, and she spells it the way I do. So stephanieboyd.com. I answer my phone, too, if anybody wants to call me and try it, 916-215-9811. I'm on Facebook, you know, LinkedIn. Oh, yeah, LinkedIn. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Yeah, all of the places. All the places. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. I've uh, just, uh, yeah, delighted to have been able to spend some time with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Anne-Marie. It was an absolute pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.